This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I am today, as we're recording, filled with a sense of wonder that we now live in a world in which uh, Roberto Firmino and referee Michael Oliver have the same haircut. <laughs> I know it's. It, it was actually hard to spot him on the field. I, I, you know, I normally normally the haircut really gives him away, but now I had to I had to track the eleven on the field the whole match. Yeah, so I mean, the important bit there is that uh, Roberto Firmino's samurai top knot is gone, and yeah, you can't spot him on the field. But did you not notice Michael Oliver has the vanilla ice lot like <laughs> lines shaved into the side of his head? It's I don't know what is going on with Oliver. He's he's a strange guy. I, we should have him on the podcast. Actually, I bet he, I bet he's a fantasy Premier League manager. Himself. I'm sure he'd love to. I mean, <laughs> so, I, I think uh, the the line shaved into his head aside, he's one of the more normal looking referees. Yeah, he is. I mean, Martin Atkinson is like kind of a poser. Like he wants to look cool, but it kind of backfires. Yeah. You know, there's like it's got too much gel in his hair. It's just it's not working for him. Yeah, Clattenburg is obviously just like a, a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so, Brandon, uh, enough bants, right? Okay, we had our fun. We shared a joke. Yeah, we did. We're serious. just sort of we're we're sort of kicking the rust off because, as all of our faithful listeners know, we took the week off last week. We had a bye week. Yeah. And it was, you know, part, it was, to, to be honest, it was, it was really, I, I said this on Twitter and elsewhere. Um, a few people actually sent us really nice messages. And uh, even there was a really nice thread on Reddit, even about us uh, not doing a podcast this week, which was really uh, flattering. It and, makes uh, me feel good that if I were to go missing just in life, that, <laughs> that maybe one person might start ask a question. It was, it show, like, it proves like how low my self esteem is that when that happened, I was like, oh, I bet like Brandon set this up. <laughs> like, I was like, oh. Someone must have set up like a 
fake account for this because there's no way someone posted about missing the podcast this week. It was a whole uh, Truman Show ask ruse for you, Josh. <laughs> yeah, but I I moved this week and uh, I was moving with a with a ten week old baby and uh, it was just a it's a big move and it, moving with the baby. I just my wife did, could not accept my reason for. And I'm not blaming her, but I, I I just I couldn't take a night off from yeah, actually right. moving apartments to to record a podcast this week. So I'm settled in now, even though I'm I'm recording on a chair with with the laptop it's on the bed and do you know those record like those frames that you put record players in like the square frames yes um, yeah like they like you hang on a wall I, I have like a flipped over record frame that i'm putting the microphone and my whiskey on so that's kind of it's kind of working for me right now like now, one one false move though and everything's going to come toppling over as a big as a big football fan and in america we get up in the morning a saturday or sunday and it's an early morning activity to watch the games very important part of it as you know is sort of your your den or what you're set up for watching the game. So you're in a new apartment. What is the, what was the setup for this game week to watch the games? Is it, is it new? Is it makeshift? Is it in progress? It's, it's in progress, but it's it's not bad. I, I, I've i got the Apple TV, and so I'm able to flip. We've, we've heard from friends in the UK who, you know, they always talk about how, how, like, you know, how much better it is to watch soccer in America because, you know, we can watch literally every match. And so I'm, you know, I'm constantly flipping back and forth. Usually I have, you know, the main match on one TV, and then I've got a, like, an iPad with another game on, and then I'm tracking, like, five more games on my phone. And uh, so that that's all that's all working. The also, internet NBC's yeah. Goal Rush, where if yeah. there are five simultaneous kickoffs, usually like Saturday afternoon, um, yeah. they're just flashing you, between all the different grounds, showing usually like seven minutes after the goal has scored. <laughs> like know? I'll, yeah, I'll have gotten every detail on the goal on Twitter before they actually show the replay on Goal Rush. That's how I typically handle it on Twitter um, because I kind of I want minor spoilers, but not the whole thing. So I do appreciate what uh, the earliest goal tweets generally just say goal and what match you're watching. Right. And then I immediately turn off social media because I don't want to know who scored it. I want to be surprised. Mm-hmm. And that's when the goal rush comes in and I get to see it actually all come to fruition. I think this is something I don't want to go down this road because I could talk about this for like an hour. But I think there's there's something about being a, being a fantasy Premier League manager in the age of like – mass technology like you know just like instant tech everywhere is it's actually very hard to actively watch a match you know it's hard to even enjoy goals because there's just so much there's so much information you know i'm watching so many different games at once and it's like i'm actively i'm rooting for my players to score but i'm also rooting for people in head-to-head matches to to not do well and i'm trying to like track the assists and i'm watching replays and it's like it, I'm almost not even watching sports at that point. I'm like managing a portfolio <laughs> or something. You know, it's like it's I'm like just I'm imagining like a zero sum game. I'm imagining you watching these games simultaneously with such epic concentration that you suddenly break through to a telekinetic level <laughs> and start controlling the action on the field in five different yeah. matches at the it's same. It's like time. that movie Gamer. I'm just I'm totally plugged in. I'm in the system now. <laughs> So Brandon, having this week off, we actually maybe the, our first ever power lunch together. We had we had we went to this kind of fa- it's like one of those New York restaurants that's that's supposed to look like a bar, but it's actually really fancy and kind of expensive. Uh, <laughs> called the Manetta Tavern, and we had what's well, possibly New York's best burger. And we talked about the future of the podcast, the Always Cheating Podcast. We did, and obviously, talking about the future of the podcast involves our amazing listeners and. Based on the feedback of us taking a week off, we, we got the sense that you guys kind of missed us, 
And this might might be the perfect opportunity to hit all you guys up for a little bit of cash. Almost um, no cash, very little. But yeah, like like <laughs> a very uh, small amount of cash, and it's it's not a very cynical thing. It's just uh, Josh and I do this podcast virtually every week during the the Premier League season, and we thought, well, how can we take it up to the next level in terms of engaging our listeners and also asking the listeners to help us put on the show that we we do every week. So yeah, we came up with this page on a site called Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. We've set up three levels of uh, British Bake Off inspired uh <laughs> Donation and for each level, you get something from us, the always cheating hosts, in return. Do you want to talk about uh, those those various levels and what's gone into them? Uh, I will, and I, I wish the listeners could actually see us right now because neither, both of us are so uncomfortable asking anyone for money that I think we're both sweating profusely as we go through this. I've just took my uh, sweatshirt off. <laughs> so basically, uh, we we want we were hoping people will help support the the Always Cheating podcast, and really, we're not looking to. This has never been anything that we designed to to make money or anything like that. But uh, it takes up a fair amount of our time, and um, and and we love doing it. And I mean, the only reason we really do it is because we love talking to the people who listen to the podcast, and and sort of like we don't just do it so that you and I can talk for an hour about the Premier League. Although we do, we love would do naval that. Gaze. We, we would do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we have uh, we have three different levels, and at each level we're offering a different prize, so or a different um, you know feature or whatever. Uh, so there's the opening bake level, and that's two dollars a month. And so if you pledge two dollars a month, then you get into our second half league. They always choose the second half league, uh, and the winner of that second half league will get to be on the podcast as a guest, um, either at the end of the season or maybe as a preview podcast for next season. We'll, we'll, we can work it out with the, with the winner. Uh-huh. Uh, if you pledge three dollars a month, you get to get into the second half league, and you also get into the always cheating survivor pool now have you ever done a survivor pool brand or a knockout pool suicide I, pool is it sometimes called i haven't i know they're popular with the nfl here in the states and you've tried to suck me into an nfl survivor pool many times but i honestly don't know a single thing about the nfl yeah basically a survivor pool is you have to pick one team a week to not lose um that's it and um but the 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 trick is you can't pick the same team twice so uh there's a website that we've set up and basically you just have to go in there we'll we'll send you all the registration information uh and then every week you just have to pick one team to to win so it, actually it's win or or tie just don't lose right um so it's uh it's it sounds easy but it's surprisingly tricky and there's a lot of strategy involved uh and I've always wanted to do one of these for the for the premier league so uh that is the technical challenge level and that's 3 dollars a month um, and by the way, this isn't like a, you're not locked into a lifetime payment. You, thing here, so. you can cancel at any time. <laughs> and of course, time. when the season is over and we stop, we take a break during the summer for podcasting. We will also pause all these donations. Yeah. So you're not contributing yeah. to Josh and I just, uh, <laughs> sitting in the park, uh, you know, smoking cigarettes or something. Right. Like exactly. Uh, and then the final level is the showstopper level and that's $5 a month. Uh, in which case you'll get into the second half league. You'll get into the suicide pool or the knockout pool. Um, and then we'll also send you two always cheating pins. Um, so for an extra two bucks a month, that's what you get. Um, and I think the way we worked out in our head, it was the, the cost of the pins and the cost to mail them, especially if they go to the UK is about what $2 a month is going to be over four or five months. Yeah. So this is, uh, a, we're not this really is making a full money break, break even proposition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. So it's always uh, patreon.com slash always cheating. And we'll post links on our Facebook page and Twitter page. Um, 
podcast itself is always going to be free. The main league is always going to be free. Uh, but we just thought, you know, it's the Christmas season and, um, you have, uh, from now until December 30th, which is the start of game week 19 to, uh, to take advantage of that. So if you have any questions, you can send us an email or call us. We've never done anything like this before. And, um, you We're know, kind if of you feel thinking like of it as our, uh, sort of public radio, December pled pledge drive. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So we're because we, also we don't want to spend every single episode of the podcast uh, trying to get people to sign up for this thing or whatever. It's not. It's not. You know. It's not really about the money. It's just we want to create. A, you know, some new engagement with with our listeners, and um, and we also do, we don't want to. Ideally, we're not going to be advertising every podcast either. So this is our little. We'll do a little pledge drive now. We'll probably do one before the start of next season, and then you're not going to hear us talk about this anymore. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so thanks for listening through that very awkward. Um, sales pitch yeah i'm I'm like on the ground right now i'm so (laughs) i think we i think we can own it before next week's (laughs) podcast josh all right let's get to the fbl stuff game week 15 just got over like an hour ago we're recording uh uh even before the auto subs on the fpl game had happened gareth mccauley and his his wonderful one point have yet to come (laughs) off the bench for me how'd you do this week i i I did pretty well um it was. I was looking great yesterday. I'm still feeling okay today. I ended up with 58 points, uh, and that's uh, 58, and then minus four. So I took I took a four point hit, and um, I captained uh, Eden Hazard instead of Diego Costa, which uh, ended up costing me, I suppose, five points in the end, or four points maybe. I'm not sure how that math works. And you were five. saying this was just a case of overthinking. I feel like it was. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, you know, uh, there was no real reason for me not to captain the guy who's been scoring every single game week. I mean, Eden is artist, you know, um, he's had double figure returns at home, I think already three times this season. Um, he did, you know, he scored a goal at the end of the Man City game. And so I was like, well, you know, sometimes he's, he's like a bit of a form player, you know, yeah, when he's on right. form, he's, uh, I, I thought the potential for explosive returns with his art were there, you know, I mean, I think that. Diego you, know, you, you feel like Chelsea's due for a penalty, too, one of these days. It's been right. ages since one's been called, and Hazard, yeah. that is the, another thing that's very appealing about him. And Costa is very much in that, like, 6-point to 13-point range, typically. And so it felt like a little bit of a risk, and I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go for it. And, uh, yeah, the most points that Costa's actually scored in a game week uh, is 12, which he's done uh, three times this year. Uh, you know, but Eden Hazard already has... Uh, uh, you know, 19 point game week, a 14 point game week and 11 and a 10. So, um, so, you know, it, it felt like a little bit of a risk. Uh, it, it didn't cost me too much because I had Gelfie Sigurdsson. Um, I still had, you know, cost on my team. Uh, I somehow picked up an assist and two bonus points from uh, Francis, uh, Simon Francis on Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that Jordi Amat. <laughs> I am not amused by this. <laughs> and the uh, Jordi Amat clean sheet too. So, uh, yeah, and I and I beat you in our head to head by one point. Yeah, <laughs> It was a miracle that I had caught up to you on Sunday to even bring it to within one point because uh, I had Mustafi and um, Britos. Um, who? Okay, so I, I I went big on Watford in this game week, and I started Britos and Kapu. And I don't know if you watched in this game, but there was a play in which Kapu took a dead ball, and Britos was wide open at the far post and oh, humongous it, it, it didn't bounce off the ground and then just over the net or something well, like that it, it bounced like, off the ground and i think it's debatable whether it was then going on target but stecklenberg got a hand to it and uh it was a save that was put out for a corner so okay. it may have it may have been going on frame into the goal had that happened i think my fortunes would have been turned but going into sunday i had virtually zero points apart from walcott and ozil 
Yeah, and Walcott is turning into one of those players. It's, he almost needs to score two, like two different times, in order to pick up any bonus points. Like I don't know what. I, I guess it's just the the role that he plays. I mean, that guy is just not a bonus point magnet. And getting substituted most games. Did he he played the full ninety uh, this weekend? So um, I can't really make my case based on that. But I think part of his bonus point issue is that he rarely plays the full ninety. Yeah, he's he's an interesting player. I mean, I, you know, I, I, they actually talked about this a little bit on uh, and I, a rival podcast, the uh, the fantasy. Well, I don't know if they're a rival podcast, the fantasy football Scott podcast. Uh, they're they're their own world. You know, I feel like they record on like what is it like? It's like it's like a Google video or whatever. It's like a it's a uh, chat. Yeah, yeah, it's like a group YouTube thing. Yeah, so to me, that's a, that's a video podcast. We're a sound, we're an audio podcast. Very, very different <laughs> okay, worlds. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I don't mean to, I don't mean to steal their idea here, but you know, th- when you look at Walcott, it's 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 hard. I guess it's impossible, really, not to compare him with uh, with Alexis Sanchez. But you know, viewed in the abstract, I mean, Walcott, especially at a seven point five million starting price, uh, is still offering a lot of value. I mean, I, I'm I'm you know, I'm yeah. still plenty to keep him. I mean, his, the fixtures are still. I mean, you know, so it's Everton away and Man City away in game week 16 and 17, which are less than ideal. Uh, but after that, they have West Brom, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Swansea, Burnley, and Watford all back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, you know, he might not start every single one of those matches, but, uh, you know, nor will, um, nor will Alexis Sanchez, right? I mean, uh, Wenger's already said he's going to try to give Sanchez some kind of winter break. So yeah. uh, I don't know if that means – It's 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 what My it's, guess would – I wonder if it'll be like he'll get the third off and then the first – um, the FA Cup match, you know, the one on the tenth or whatever, and so that would be like a little two week break. I feel like with Alexis, these these substitutions always tend to be less sort of um, team breaking than you think they're going to be at first. Yeah, it's strange to me though that Mesut Ozil is the Iron Man on Arsenal. Like he plays ninety minutes every game, whether it's midweek, weekend. You know, he's he's he always runs in, gets stick for his languid body language and okay. sort of carefree attitude. But that guy is fit. I mean, I know, phys- physically fit. I know that means yeah. something else uh, if you if you live in London. It reminds me of uh, there's a guy named Chris Carter who was a wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, he sort of got all this flack during his career because he was he would always run out of bounds. Like he was not, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't stay in there and take the hit and like gain an extra yard. You know, he would. He would always kind of like you know tiptoe out and like run out of bounds uh, right right before the hit came. Yeah, and uh, you know they were supposed to. The, the idea was that he was kind of he's kind of wimpy, you know, as a result of this. But yeah, he ended up playing for like eighteen years, and you know he's like a, he's still a commentator on TV. As far as I can tell, he still has a functioning brain. You know, I mean, there's something to be said <laughs> for, for being like on the margins for not for not being. I mean, Alexis Sanchez gets a muscle injury like every single year. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it's it's like doesn't stop it's playing. fuel efficiency, I guess it is. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that, um, yeah, I, Ozil, I mean, you've got, you got to love Ozil. I, I mean, do, in yeah. his, in his, I, in his I, there was, there was just a, a, a split second where I thought I would burn points to bring Sanchez in for Ozil this game week, but I resisted. And that, I guess I have Charlie Austin to thank for that because his, him now being out now for three to four months, uh, needing shoulder surgery that was both of us had to solve that problem going into game week 15 no that was such a shame they they played with fire they hadn't played him in any of those europa league matches and you know i mean that's this is why you don't prioritize the europa league <laughs> yeah, exactly nobody nobody gets it unless you unless you play in the portuguese league where the europa <laughs> league is really the only 
Right. Okay, so I bet I bet the Portu- Portuguese league has a Patreon page, and like the uh, there is a level of donation for uh, entering the Europa League. For the- <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So I ended up captaining Costa, which really helped me. And Sadio Mane. This is something we can talk about. So for you and me, it was Mane versus Firmino. And one thing we discussed at our power lunch at Mineta Tavern over over those over that dry aged beef. <laughs> was um, when I went for Mane, it was a case of argument of, are you playing the game the right way or the wrong way? The easy decision would be to bring in cheaper, more valuable Coutinho or Firmino. It just so happens that Mane just came good in the last three weeks. But watching this uh, Liverpool match, Liverpool-West Ham match, is really striking to me how much Firmino is has been pulled out of the action with Coutinho's absence, and I don't know how how we are meant to what we're make, meant to make of Liverpool right now going into December and all these Christmas fixtures, where Mane is going to be leaving soon for the Afri- African Cup of Nations. Coutinho's still out for for some time, and then there's Firmino who's looking less and less a prospect. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the the move that I would consider making right now, because I still don't have Alexis Sanchez, which is uh, t- completely terrifying. I mean, even 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 knowing that he's going to get some kind of winter break uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, the move I would make would be to downgrade. For I, I don't want to go without any attacking coverage on Liverpool. It just seems too dangerous. Um, I think that what the move to me would be to go from Firmino to Lalana. And then take that money to upgrade Hazard to Alexis Sanchez. Right. I mean, that seems like a pretty simple move all around. I I, I don't know that I need. I, I don't think I would do that this this upcoming game week. Um, but I think that that's a move I might make in like two game weeks. Sure. When when rotation seems a little bit more sort of solid and predictable with Arsenal, and they get they get beyond the Everton and Man City fixtures. I mean, not that Everton's going to put up a huge fight. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get to, yeah, but, you know, we're going to get to the next, uh, the next two game weeks in a minute here. But I think that, um, yeah, I mean, those are the two, those are two difficult fixtures. I mean, Everton is not exactly setting the world on fire right now, but they're also not a team that tends to, cons- well, actually, I don't know, I guess they conceded like five uh, way to Chelsea, but at home they are a little bit better. So I, I wouldn't expect more than, I don't know, maybe two goals from Arsenal in that match. Yeah. All right, so the big talking point for us was who did we bring in for Charlie Austin? We both burned f- four points to replace him, uh, and you won out in this this trade. I brought in Ian Acho, and I, I, it's, it was a risky move. I don't know if it's going to pay off long term. Yeah, I considered four different players. I considered uh, Benteke, Ineancho, uh, Origi, and Defoe. Those are the four that that kind of seemed like the best four options to me. I'm, I'm not really a believer in Anachibe. I mean, I understand the appeal of him as a as you know for that five man midfield, but to me, he's not even a rotation player. He's just a like he is a player that I would stick on the end of the bench if I brought him in. I nearly um, told you I would never speak to you again uh, <laughs> when you when you told me you were thinking of Lorente at 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 one point. Oh yeah, well, Lorente to me was another option. Uh, I just don't know that I want double Swansea coverage. Uh, I I certainly I certainly live to regret it after his uh, his double. Um, so yeah, so I, so, so I ended up bringing in Benteke. I talked myself out of Iniesta for for reasons that. You know, for for what what was ultimately the I think the right reasoning, which is that you just never know what the Pep squad uh, 
when anyone who's not Sergio Aguero is safe, you know, and maybe uh, maybe Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I mean, there's just there was such a I, I you know what happened was was a little. I mean, once he started the match, I was surprised they brought him off in the 57th minute. Um, I mean, maybe not just given how much they were getting destroyed by Leicester. Um, but, but that was kind of cool, by the way, we're not really, I don't think we're oh, talking about that them too much in the podcast, game. yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, just from like, cause no one even owns their players anymore. So yeah. there's no, there was no fantasy, but no one has Jamie Vardy at this point. <laughs> people were, people rightly were saying that was, it was just a throwback to the Cavalier or Buccaneering. I'm not sure what the right adjective is. Lester of last season. But the guy who gets the sh- get short changed there is Slomani, who was terrific yeah, in yeah. the hold up play and setting up two of those goals. And he, yeah, he's, he's what a great player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Another guy that they're going to lose shortly. I don't know what that team is going to look like. I mean, they, if they if they pick up any momentum from that result over this weekend, now they're about to lose Mares and Slomani to the African Cup of Nations. That could be really devastating. I know, and I, I think I think in next week's podcast we're going to have to do a real deep dive into uh, into the African Cup of Nations because uh, there's some pretty serious. As some people have already started to talk about on uh, Twitter and certain websites, there's just a lot of a lot of fantasy stuff to be aware of. And obviously, you have Sadio Mane; he's a player who's going to be leaving, and uh, you know lots of others too. So uh, that'll be to come. Yeah. So the reason we're recording so quickly after the Liverpool West Ham match is because. Game week 16 is going to be upon us in about 48 hours now. So we need to get this out as quickly as possible. Because of that, we do not have an updated Hail Cheaters Super League table, but we'll we'll post that to social media just to make sure the top 10 get its due. However, we received a Facebook message from Rolf Volstead's son, who, uh, who wanted us to give a little due to the people at the bottom of the Hail Cheaters Super League table. He says, you always talk about the top 10, like that's worth a medal. What about us bottom lurchers? Bottom 10 list, and please, without a sar- without sarcastic remarks, regard from near 1,282, the gutta boys. <laughs> so, Rolf, I, I guess this is this is your due, and, and for all your, your friends down there at the bottom, uh, we may have to devote a special podcast coming up just to analyze the teams of all the people that are that are there in the uh, the top 1500 get to know a gutter boy that could be the feature <laughs> any meltdowns this week uh we have one uh from blake henderson who says you know it's a bad week when a mott is your highest scoring player this is really brutal for me to read because uh i buried a mott behind macaulay on my bench Mac- yeah what was the what was the reasoning there just that macaulay could score uh, a headed goal or something yeah so both both it would be damage limitation. I mean, Swansea in the last two weeks have given up four goals and five goals. And so even though, Swansea, even I mean, though yeah, Swansea is playing uh, Sunderland, who are terrible, a lot of people have faith in Defoe. That guy's clinical. You expect at least one goal to go in. And if West Brom concedes against Chelsea, I, I had, would have more faith that McCauley could still come out of that with one or two points. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, in hindsight, I don't really know what I was thinking. Well, okay, I mean, a lot of us thought the same way, but I mean, West Brom is not a team that's going to give up three or four goals very often. And um, the fact that all of us were looking to that West Brom fixture as a place for serious goals was, you know, it was kind of foolish in hindsight. I mean, um, you if you played Amat and got six points, you should actually be upset. I don't know if you saw the play... Um I think it was a I, Sigurdsson dead ball, and Amat almost put it right into the corner off his head. 
Yeah, I, I heard about it. I'm glad I didn't see it because I would have I would have lost it. But I, I was actually watching the Hull match because I was I was convinced that Benteke was going to come good. He he scored a penalty, so I was happy about that. I mean, I, I got my money back from the burn transfer. I know that his fixtures get a little worse from here, but I thought that Hull fixture was so was so appealing that I, I couldn't resist. It was I felt like it was the one of the the only fixtures where I could I could almost ensure that I was going to get my money back. You know that I wouldn't lose any points from the yeah. from burning four. Uh, and I think that you know they're home to Man U in the next fixture, and that's. That's not a great fixture, but it's it's not terrible either. I mean, I could absolutely see them, you know, Benteke scoring a goal at home. And that that's, you know, Crystal Palace is not very good, and their defense is awful, but they do score a lot of goals. That they do. Zaha, my God, he looked so uh, underrated. I mean, right, yeah, Firmino to, okay, so like in two weeks, the Crystal Palace uh, team has like a, a major turnaround in terms of their fixtures. Um, they had kind of like an up and down run the last uh, 10 weeks or so. Uh, some good, some bad. Okay, so let me let me pull it up here. So if, if I can if I can weather the storm with okay. Benteke, or, or if, if you want to bring in Zaha, it's really around game week 18 that you want to start looking at them. Uh, game week 18, you have Watford away, then you have Arsenal away, and then you have Swansea, West Ham, Everton, Bournemouth, Sunderland, Stoke, Middlesbrough, and West Brom. Yeah, it's a good run. So it's a great run. It's all, I mean, it's all and ones by, and twos. By that the, point, uh, they will have shed Pardew as well. Ranking. Exactly. No Pardew. Uh, hopefully, they don't bring in a defensive manager. They bring in – I, I want like – who would be a good manager for that squad? Maybe like I mean Allardyce, Redknapp. Yeah, Allardyce. Uh, I wouldn't want Allardyce on that team, though. He would he would take all the joy out of that team. I'll tell you who'd be a great manager for that team: American Bob Bradley, who's doing a real Ooh, great job there at Swansea City. Right. Yeah, go go Bradley. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if Pardew's going to survive or not. I mean, that defense is just awful. Uh, what I what I want to say about Zaha is this is this is like a very eye testy thing. But when he when he celebrated that goal, he like almost exploded. He went like totally super saiyan, and you could tell how on fire he is and how motivated he is just by the way yeah. he celebrated that goal. Yeah, you know, Zaha is kind of a late bloomer. You know, he signed, he was with Crystal Palace, and then he, he actually signed with Man United in 2013, uh, went back on loan with Crystal Palace for a year. Uh, and then, do you remember this? He went on loan with Cardiff City for a season in uh, 2014. It's that, that one year that Cardiff City were in the Premier League. Uh, went back to Crystal Palace on loan again, and then has been uh, full time back signed with Crystal Palace. I think for like five million or something uh, in in twenty fifteen, and completely turned his life. You know, his career is like yeah, maybe his life too. Who knows, Brandon? You I don't know me, what's going on in there. You sent me into a complete reverie there when you asked me if I remembered <laughs> Cardiff City. My, <laughs> hey, my, David, mind, David. my mind started to wander. <laughs> it went to some very strange places. I'll tell yeah, you that much. David Marshall. That's all I remember. Their owner, I forget his name, the, the Bond villain who always wore his, uh, oh, his yeah. jersey over his, um, his business shirt. And may, even though the, the mascot is the Bluebird, they had to change to an all-red kit. Lucky, lucky red. That's right. Uh, all right, Brandon, let's take a quick break, and then let's get right back into – we're, we're going to try to signpost this, that if you listen to the podcast on Monday or Tuesday, you can get the Game Week 16 preview. Uh, if you if you want to listen or you want to come back or you, you miss it the first couple of days it's out, uh, you can come in at, like, you know, whatever it is, the 42-minute mark, and we'll talk about Game Week 17. So it'll be a nice, clean split between the two weeks. Was I clear? That was very clear. Yeah, thank you. It felt, it felt complicated in my head. I was like – I was like trying to force the words out there a little bit. Check the show notes. I'll post exactly what <laughs> times uh, the, the previous for each game week start. All right, good. All right, let's do this. Same old podcast, always cheating. 
Okay, just to kick off the discussion as we preview Game Week 16, we got a question from Jeremiah Johnson on our Facebook page. Uh, he asked, least likely to be rotated attacking players with good fixtures in Game Week 16 and 17. So we'll try to address Jeremiah's question as we go through the fixtures coming up of of, of which marquee players we think are at risk of being rotated, uh, which we think will probably most definitely play both games, et cetera, et cetera. So on to Game Week 16. All right, Brandon, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about each. We're just going to go fixture by fixture. We're not going to – some fixtures may even skip over if we don't think they're really worth talking about. Um, others we might go into and talk about rotation a little bit, talk about some captain options and so on. All right, Josh, I'm saying we each get uh, – for, for these two game weeks – we get three passes total. Actually, each. no, two two is passes that, each. Two passes each. Okay, that sounds okay. So I'm, I'm going to keep score. I'm going to keep score here on a piece of paper, <laughs> and uh, just remember, you got you have two matches that you can pass, and I have to obey that you want to uh, pass that fixture, vice versa. Okay, that's fair. All right, so we have two fixtures on Tuesday, December thirteenth, uh, the year of our Lord, two thousand sixteen. Uh, the first fixture is Bournemouth hosting Leicester. Now, this is a fixture that felt a little bit differently before this before this game week. Before Leicester came back a little bit. I mean, are you are you at all enticed by Leicester attacking options? Let's 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 put aside the defense for a moment. Uh, like I said, Slamani is really a fun one to root for. There, I mean, Jamie Vardy scoring a hat trick. It's like old times, and we all know once he gets started scoring. He, he will go for 11 weeks without not scoring. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, either either of those, if you're looking to fill that sort of uh, Charlie Austin size hole, now I know Jamie Vardy is considerably more expensive these days given his exploits last season, but, but I mean, Mahrez actually might be the one for me if you're looking to take a short-term punt because they have been getting penalties, and the way Vardy runs forward, he can get tripped up in the penalty box easily. Slomani was somebody I, I think I was joking with. I can't remember who it was on Twitter. Um, I mean, I, I did think about Slomani for like four seconds. I mean, at this point, I don't, I don't think anyone is. No one really talked about Vardy as a as an Aguero replacement, mostly because they're about to play Man City in game week fourteen, and it just or game week fifteen, excuse me. And plus, it's Vardy not hadn't like, scored in what six? Yeah, six exactly. So, yeah, Vardy hadn't scored in forever, and they were playing Man City. It just was not very appealing, even with Man City's defense, you know, being kind of like Swiss cheese right now. Uh, but now, yeah, I think, I think it's really an interesting option. I mean, if, if, you know, if you're, it would have been really great if Diego Costa picked up his fifth yellow card. If, <laughs> if Costa weren't playing, uh, yeah. you know, that would have been a fun, it would, it might've been fun to, to move him over. I mean, I guess some people are, you know, what is his price up to now? It's going to be getting close to 11 million. So uh, I even when 10, he gets, this, I think he's ten eight right now. Yeah, so even even when he gets that uh, that fifth yellow, I mean, you're, you're just going to have to bench him. You can't really, you can't you can't drop Costa at this point, can you? No, you certainly can't. Though, yeah, I I would keep Costa. the The bubble I'm on right now is I have Ibrahimovic and Tottenham's upcoming run of fixtures through December into early January, and even after that, I look so amazing. Yeah. So I'm kind of waiting for the right moment to turn Ibra into Harry Kane. If something was, were to happen yeah. to Costa, then maybe I end up with Kane and Ibra. As a Kane, I was a little frustrated by this match. I mean, it's not like you expect big returns uh, way to Man United, but I didn't even understand the way he was playing. I mean, it felt like they were playing in kind of a strikerless formation. 
Uh, you had he and Ali were sort of on the line together. I mean, it, it didn't feel like he was the focal point of the attack. I mean, everything was going through Christian Eriksen in this match, and it was not the it was not the good Eriksen. Although I guess he almost scored on a free kick in the first half. Yeah, De Gea made two good good saves on Eriksen. I mean, they were his free kicks were well placed. They didn't have a, a whole lot of venom on them. Yeah, uh, but still, he's he did look he did look rather likely. I don't know. We were we were talking about this before we started recording. Spurs just looked like they didn't want to be there, while um, Manchester United was the team that flew to Russia or Timbuktu or wherever they went uh, <laughs> on Thursday for the Europa League, and they looked as fresh as they've looked in months. It was really a, yeah. I, I don't really understand why Spurs looked so poor in this match. I mean, especially after absolutely annihilating uh, Swansea. Uh, and they, they had kind of a meaningless uh, midweek Champions League fixture, too. It doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. But In classic anyway. always cheating <laughs> f- uh, f- uh, fashion, <laughs> we've gone from Bournemouth Leicester to the Talk form of Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> okay, so right. my, my prediction, I'm, I'm really excited for this Bournemouth Leicester game. I don't know mm. that I'm excited to have any assets in this squad, because I think it's going to be a hard-fought, really exciting game, and anyone's guess. Uh, I think so, too. I, I mean, I, Simon Francis may end up starting for me uh, still. I think that uh, he's been looking pretty dangerous, actually. He's a little wily. You know? I've got, got a couple of assists from Francis. Sure, and, yeah, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the play goes through him out there on the right wing, and he's... He, he also is one of my favorite... Uh, part of my group of starting 11 that play with their shirt tucked in. That's right. Exactly. Like, like all good captains should. Yeah, right. uh, so I, I will predict a, uh, I'm actually going to predict a, a Lester to, to, to revert back to their previous form. And uh, I will predict a one nothing Bournemouth win. Yeah, I'd be on board with that. I mean, Bournemouth is sort of renowned for their home form uh, with, with a few minor exceptions. And yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's hard to read too much into Leicester. I mean that the Leicester annihilation of City over the weekend, I think to me points to larger conversations that one needs to have about Manchester City. Yeah. That yeah. a lot was made in the commentary about how Pep Guardiola apparently never watched a Leicester City game ever last season, which his his tactics played right into their counterattacking hands. I don't understand that. I mean I, I mean even if that's true, I, it's, I mean, they're famous. Like, I mean, you know, it's not like he didn't know what their style. It's so, it was very strange. I, I don't really. They just came out ready to play. I think that Leicester just it was like their their pride came back a little bit. You know, like they they remembered that they were the title winners, and they. I mean, it felt like a different squad. I, you know, I, I don't know. It was an interesting match. All right, next match. Uh, Everton Arsenal um, pass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> This, um, one, this one should yeah, be an interesting, interesting game. One. I mean, yeah. Everton is kind of garbage right now, but mm-hmm. they do have the tools. I don't think they are going to miss Belasi that much. I think De La Feu is, is, is very well equipped to handle servicing the ball to Lukaku. And yeah, Arsenal, no. Arsenal can, they can swan. It, yeah, I do worry a little bit about who's going to feel the cock of the ball. I mean, he, I know he scored twice, but he scored twice and kind of, I mean, the first goal was a, a miracle ball from Gareth Barry over like 18 players. Yeah. And uh, the second one was kind of lucky. I mean, I guess he was in the right place he for it. He was wide open. 
Yeah, it was just kind of a it was it was a scrum that you know the, the play took like it was like you know three hacked missed clearances and then the ball kind of Valencia I was kind of running around with the ball and then yeah kind of had to run around the entire eighteen to receive it and put it across. Yeah, exactly. It, it didn't make me feel like uh, Lukaku was uh, about to go on some epic scoring streak or anything like that. Uh, I still have I still have some real concerns about Everton. In fact, I I have uh, Nacho Monreal and I'm planning to start him for even a way to Everton in this match. Yeah, Everton's just catching Arsenal at the wrong time. Arsenal is just so ascendant right now, and uh, that really doesn't mean anything when you talk about Arsenal because they will flake out uh, any any week that you wish that they wouldn't. But I, what do you I, think I, of? What do you think about Alexis Sanchez as a captain option in this game week? I mean, I I think it's viable. the the whole The whole home away question, like if if Arsenal were away to Watford or they were away to Hull City, maybe. But I mean, Everton they have a great stadium, they have great fans, they have great support. I think it all depends on how the first half looks. Yeah. I mean, given that, that Chelsea plays Sunderland, you know, Man City plays Watford, uh, Spurs play Hall. I think that this is not the week to, I mean, okay. I, I don't blame you if you captain Sanchez. I mean, given the form that he's on and given that he's capable of scoring a brace in every match that he plays, uh, it's, it's not, I would never say that he's a, he's never a bad, he's kind of like Aguero, you know, he's, yeah. I mean, especially this season, uh, you know, playing as a striker now. Uh, but I don't think that um, he's the best option. This yeah, game. this like, is I think just he's a match. Like the fourth best option. Yeah, it's it's one it's one of these that's just difficult to put money on to predict. Yep, I agree. All right, moving on to Wednesday. Where do, where what do we have? All right, Middlesbrough, Liverpool, <sighs> Liverpool, man. I, so the, this is what five points they've dropped in the last two game weeks. I mean, that Bournemouth game they never should have lost. Uh, really should win at home to to West Ham. Uh, really, really disappointing. I mean, that Lars Karras is uh, really just a. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, I think he's got. I think he's got the nerves. You know, like he's got look, like a nerve issue or something. I mean, I, I don't mean like an actual physical. Say, Although maybe he does. A poor guy. Uh, we should start a Patreon for Karras. <laughs> Spinal fusion surgery. <laughs> no, I think he's just. I think Get he's him anxious. Some sort of like you know, a, a, a robotic exoskeleton to help him move. <laughs> I, he's just. A, I, I, goalkeepers definitely have runs of, of bad form. Um, sure. I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying with no scientific evidence to back well, me up I mean, here. Joe Hart is a great example of that. Like sure. Everyone yeah. sort of like he's a great keeper, but you could point him multiple seasons in which he had, you know, month long t- terrible right. form. So I think that. Uh, yeah, Liverpool. I mean, I I have to get rid of. Car- I mean, I, I, I preface all this. I should have prefaced all this by saying that I actually am a Lewis Carrius owner, which uh, he says. God help he me. says uh, shamefully. Yeah, what a complete! I, I could have had Ben Foster ten weeks ago. Would have been so much better. Uh, so I think that Liverpool will defeat. Middlesbrough, uh, Middlesbrugger. <laughs> yeah. How? We're not sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that Lalana is definitely the option that I'm looking at now. I, I would, Firmino is he, he's just dropping back so far. For whatever reason, he just doesn't link up with the squad. I mean, maybe it's because he's playing in more of Coutinho's role. I, I thought yeah. that, that would help him, but he's not really feeding. I mean, the, there were a ton of terrible crosses from kind of everybody in that squad in this in the, yeah. in the match today. And um, it, it just he's not leading the attack. He's he's really tentative around goal. He's he's not really it doesn't feel like he's making the most of his opportunities. He's missing he, his Brazilian security blanket yeah. with Philippe Coutinho. So. I think he really does. And I think yeah. Mane is he's trying to play out of his mind. He wants to do everything when he gets the ball, and he's 
he's playing really well for the team. I wonder if part of that is he doesn't want to, he wants to be missed when he leaves for Akon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Also, he's probably just taking advantage of the fact that their biggest playmaker, Coutinho, is out right now. So I would say that where do, where does Mane rank in that uh, top five captaincy options? Middles Middlesberger. Yeah, I mean, defenses. Yeah. I think he's he's a good he's a good option, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he scores. I mean, his 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 away splits have not been great this year, although he did score last week uh, away. So in uh, the Bournemouth. Met- Excuse me, in the Bournemouth match. So I, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if he's involved in the goals in this game. But it, you don't really know where they're coming from right now for, with Liverpool. And right. um, it was so much easier when Coutinho was there. Damn it. Damn you, Coutinho. <laughs> it was so fun. Liverpool was going to walk the league at that point. And now and they're they're immediately in a battle to stay in the top four. <laughs> I know. it's um, So I'll predict a 3-2 Liverpool win in this match. I would go, I'll go uh, 2-1, actually. A comfortable 2-1 win for Liverpool. Okay, okay. Maybe a late goal conceded on a, like, maybe maybe a curious own goal or something like that. No, Negredo Scorpion kick. What what (laughs) other way? All right, here we come to one of the one of the big fixtures of this game week. Chelsea away to Sunderland. Sunderland, who just after after seeming to have you know like they, I feel like they righted the ship a little bit, and now it feels like they're right back to where they were before. Does not look does not look very promising for Sunderland all of a sudden once yeah, again. As evidenced by my uh, burying Amat uh, last place in my bench, I really thought Sunderland was going to put up more of a fight against Swansea, and David Moyes has got to be. Pretty worried. I think, I think they're missing Duncan Watmore, college boy. <laughs> they need somebody with a college <laughs> education out on that field. I am scrambling for Chelsea assets going into this game. Um, my transfer going into game week 16 is definitely going to be a Chelsea defender, which one I'm not entirely sure yet. They all Chelsea. So the Chelsea defense is kind of funny to me in that um, they, they all offer their own special superpower. David Luiz is on set pieces. Uh, Marcus Alonso is actually a winger. Uh, Dave Aspilicueta is a bonus point magnet. He got three (laughs) on the weekend. And then Gary Cahill is just a hilarious person. And who wouldn't (laughs) want to have him on your team? Yeah. I, I, I mean, Alonso to me is so far and away the option. Yeah. I, 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 I can't believe we've been looking anywhere else. I mean, I know that I know that Espo got just picked up three bonus points, but <laughs> I think that I think that Alonso is definitely the, the best option. There. Yeah, the story is written. I, uh, after seeing that Mustafi was uh, going to be out for a, f- a few weeks, if not months, it looks like at this point, um, he was immediately out for Alonso. So I'm already is he out for? Might be out for months. Is that right? God, that's that's awful. I thought it was just a hamstring. Issue. Well, there. Uh, I think Wenger was, as he's wont to do with his players getting injured, is being pretty cagey about it. Right. Right. Okay. But he's All right, currently so, listed at twenty five percent on the sites. So predictions for this game. I'm going to go with a big score here. I'm going to go four one, Chelsea. Chelsea clean sheet all the way, <laughs> with my man Marcus Alonso leading the charge. <laughs> Um, uh, Lonzo, are you predicting a Lonzo hat trick? I am predicting a San, a Sanchez level explosion. It's a hat trick plus an assist for Alonzo. <laughs> Somehow, Aspilicueta is going to get all three bonus points, though. 
we'll leave that one. We'll leave that one. It'll be a Simon Francis level bonus point pickup. Yep, yep, yep. But no, I I I do think Chelsea's going to wipe the floor with Sunderland. West Ham Burnley. I very very tempted to pass on this one, Josh. I I thought you might be, but I I do want to talk briefly about Pyatt, Dimitri Pyatt. I think that he is. Really an interesting – now that this team seems to be clicking a little bit more, it seems like they're – They do. I mean, that. first of all, everything about that free kick goal was ludicrous. I mean, the foul by Lalana was absolutely insane. Uh-huh. Like it was I don't, – I don't know what he was thinking. It was it was insane. It was like Dimitri Payet's favorite spot. Uh, and then the free kick wasn't even that good, but Karius like <laughs> doesn't know how to dive or something. I don't even know what happened there. Sure. Uh, he, he's, he went to school with Claudio Bravo, I think. They cannot get low, yeah. these guys. But he, Pyatt looks good again. I mean, he was leading the charge at the end of the match, too. And then he, like, suddenly remembered he was 30 years old and, like, <laughs> couldn't, like, could, like, like stop running. Yeah. Did you see that? It was like a, it was like a two-on-two. I don't and remember it was like It was near the end of the match. It was like the 89th or 90th minute of, this, of today's game. And uh, then he was just like, ah, screw it. Like, <laughs> I just can't, I can't do it anymore. But anyway, they're home to Burnley. I really like the, uh, the Pyatt's chances in this match. I think he's a great differential captain option. If I can yeah. go that far. Yeah. And uh, I am so frustrated with Firmino that there's a temptation to move Firmino into either Dimitri Payet or uh, Christian Eriksen. And um, I have to decide if I'm going to do that or if I'm going to short up my defense this game week. Very interesting. Payet, the, the curse of the penalty follows Payet for me. And the fact that he never took a penalty last season, even though he's a dead ball specialist. It's got that Mark Noble. Damn. I love, I, yeah, I love Noble, though. I, I don't dislike Noble either. He's, he has scored a penalty for me in my fantasy team <laughs> one season many moons ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I follow your logic, and I do think West Ham is going to perform in this match. However, I can also guarantee you that the Volkswagen picks up a little steam in this game week. Uh, Sam Bones will score. Yeah, good chance of that, I would say. Crystal Palace, Man United. I think that Crystal Palace is going to win this game. Okay, that's my bold prediction for this game week. I think that. All right, talk me talk me through this as quickly as you can. I just I, I like I like the the way they can score right now. I don't know that I like the way they match up with Man United. Yeah, uh, I think those those wingers are going to be a little exhausted after uh, after a very tough uh, you know Spurs match on Sunday. Uh, I don't think they're going to take them seriously enough. And uh, I'm going to predict. I think it's going to be high. Well, not high scoring because a Man United game is very rarely high scoring. So I'm going to yeah. predict a a two one Palace victory. All right. I I have to disagree with you. I'm going to pick something in the ballpark of 2 nothing United win for okay. a, a few reasons. You could see the expression on the players' faces, uh, the final whistle when United beat Spurs. They looked so relieved. And you can see the energy from Jose Mourinho was, mm. has just been like so unbelievably negative. He was smiling. He felt positive. You can you can imagine the the way that this team will train. They'll probably mm-hmm. train while leading into the Palace match. Eric Bailly is back in central defense, and I think he'll be able to. He is among the defenders that could neutralize Christian Benteke. I mean, All right, Phil, here's how here's how confident I am, Brennan. I will I will bet you, I will bet you five dollars that Crystal Palace defeats Man United in this game. Uh, I won't even I won't even take odds or points. They won't be favored. 
All right, the bet is on. The bet is five, on. Five American dollars. It suddenly is the fifty-five buck cup, Brandon. <laughs> oh Why do I need to bet any more on this stupid game? All right, all right. That's what we had to say about that. I, all right. It's going to be Ibra versus Benteke. You're going to stick with Benteke going into this game week, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, I think that even if I wasn't feeling confident, I, there's at least a chance that Benteke could just score a you know penalty or a you know, headed goal off a corner kick or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe you've forgotten that Crystal Palace concede about 20 goals per game. <laughs> uh, Man City Watford. I'm tempted to, to play my pass card on this one. Uh, but <laughs> just because guess... you don't want to spend five minutes talking about why I have Ian Nacho in my team and and it's all <laughs> just, just a very I, a big mystery to me i'm just depressed i'm depressed watching man city i mean i, I love i it, it's impossible not to admire pep guardiola right he's just a he's very cerebral he's 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 creative he he like i, I would like to think i, I like to flatter myself I'm, I'm definitely flattering myself here and, and think that i would be a manager like him if i were a manager like, i thought that for I would a be... second that you were gonna flatter yourself by saying that you think that pep guardiola would like you as a person <laughs> <laughs> or looks like me. Uh, <laughs> exactly. No, I, I would myself that I would because I I like to play my own way as well as a fantasy manager. I like to I don't like to go with the flow even when that's the best decision to make. You know, like sometimes you just need to captain Diego Costa at home to West Brom. You don't need to captain Eden Desire to be like a little more clever or right. whatever. Yeah. Um, and it feels like Pep can't resist trying to be a little clever in every game. You know, I mean, why not play Yaya Torre from the start? For one thing, you know, (laughs) like they seemed a lot better once he came on in the, you know, in the 60th minute. I mean, why he scored two goals just two game weeks ago. I mean, I I know he's 31 or whatever, but, you know, which is three years younger than me. Uh, He is a lumbering mercenary, that guy. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like he he never sticks with this rotation. The team does not have any kind of cohesiveness right now. I mean, it is insane to concede four goals away to Leicester. Yeah, I am. I am worried. I'm worried about the rotation of Iannaccio. I could see him getting dropped for this game and saved for uh, game week 17. But I don't. I don't yeah, know. the early sub I think augurs well for him. I, I, I you know, I, I think the the fact that he was subbed early I think means there's a pretty good chance he'll he'll start this match. Yeah. All right, let's consider that a qualified pass. So Josh, okay. you've used your it's one pseudo pass. No, I'm not. No, I want to save mine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving it. I've got I've got one of the last two I'm going to spend it on. Uh, Spurs Hull. Not not using it for this one. I'm uh, I'm okay. definitely looking at Christian Eriksen for a transfer. Uh, definitely looking at Harry Kane as my captain choice this game week. Uh, I think it's a really tough call between Diego Costa away to Sunderland and Harry Kane uh, home to Hull. Uh, Costa is probably the better choice, and I, I do wonder if eventually Costa. I mean, I know they don't have any European commitments, so there's no reason not to play him all the time. But at some point, you can see Costa coming off the bench, right? And Batshuayi. You know, getting a getting a game. I mean, it doesn't uh, seem. I don't know. I, yeah. I I actually don't see that right now. It, Hazard Not right gave, now. Yeah. Hazard, Hazard gave an interview um, last game week after Costa had scored again, and the uh, the interviewee asked Hazard, like, "What do you think about Costa's playing and his goal scoring record?" And Hazard was saying, "Like, it's all about getting Costa goals. We want him to win the Golden Boot. We want him to be yeah. at the top of that." Yeah. Uh, table. So I think that they're they're really thinking about the success of Costa and how that's fueling their own success. I just don't see him yeah. being sat for uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, I think that's I think that's possible unless unless he ever gets that fifth yellow card. I saw he, he was shaking hands with uh, 
with what's his name? Who's the who's the defensive midfielder on uh, on um, West Brom? Uh, oh, Claudio Yaka. Yeah, yeah. He's shaking hands with Yaka in the middle they were, of the game. They were they they were they they probably put five dollars on neither of them getting yellow cards in that match. I mean, for, for Yaka, so. it's even a bigger deal. I think that Hurricane is ultimately the best captain choice for this game weight because there is such a strong chance of Hull conceded a penalty in this match that I think that he is the best option. And uh, that's that. I, I think it's like a coin flip between maybe it's 51 to 49 or something like that. Like there's just enough of, an, of a chance of a Kane penalty that I would pick Kane as my captain over uh, Dick Acosta. Well, we're going to get to see this play out uh, in the always cheating office because you'll have Captain Kane and I'll have. I don't have Kane, and I'll have Captain Costa. It's true. It's going to be a great, great matchup, Brandon, for the ages. <laughs> I, I, I took, I'm such a dork. I, t- I took this day off from work. That's how excited I am about these, uh, these Wednesday fixtures. I wanted to take this day off, but ho- <laughs> holiday, um, holiday parties conspired against me, so I, I, I couldn't do it. Stoke Southampton. Uh, you know what? This will be my pass. Yeah. Pass. Uh, okay. I'm glad you used your pass because I was going to use mine as well. Okay. So, so you're uh, one pass, and I'm I'm still on two passes. All right. West Brom Swansea. Jeez. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, okay. So this is an interesting one to talk about. Siggy is obviously um, an FPL hero at this. I mean, he's always been an FPL hero. Sure. But particularly now, he's just doing so well for and. Ken Rooney tweeted at me, um, I think the, the last podcast we did, I was talking about the cognitive dissonance I have with uh, Sigurdsson at 7.5 playing for the team in last place and everyone treating him like he was Alexis Sanchez. And Ken Rooney mm-hmm. said, tweeted at me, like, just just pick him up. He won't regret it. You'll thank me later. He's an 8.5 midfielder playing as a 7.5, or he's a 7.5 playing as an 8.5, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know. I'm... I'm st- I'm just still terrified of Swansea as as a proposition. Yeah, I'm a little. Um, and I could see them going into this West Brom team. I mean, West Brom is is not a joke this season. They have yeah. been jokes in seasons past, but they they still look solid defensively, and now they have this added threat of of having a real attack. Yeah, it's it, it's it's very. Uh, they're not as depressing as they used to be. That's for sure. True. Yes, true. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's strong praise. That is strong praise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so so what are you going to predict for this game? I would predict it's going to be probably. I feel like it's going to be uncomfortably close for West Brom, but they okay. will win it at a jogging pace. Okay, I will predict. Uh, I think that it'll be a one-one draw. I think that. Uh, it seems like West Brom have a tendency to concede a late goal, and they're not quite as tight as it. I always said tight like that. Tight, <laughs> not quite as tight as they used to be. But I think that they're uh, they've been a little disappointing sometimes with their uh, with their with their late game defending. So uh, I could see a late uh, maybe Siggy to Lorente goal. Right. All right. So to recap, game week sixteen, clean sheets, captains, and transfers for the always cheaters. Uh, I'm picking Chelsea as a clean sheet. Who's your clean sheet pick, Josh? And my pick is Tottenham. And uh, captain, I think we're we're both in agreement here. Uh, even though I I don't have Harry Kane, I agree he's the best option. I will have to captain Costa because he's who I have. Uh, and my transfer this week is I've talked about already. I'm probably going to bring in a defender if I don't bring in. Uh, if I don't bring in my beloved Dimitri Payet or 
Uh, maybe Christian Eriksen. You know, I don't know. He's no fun. <laughs> I, 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 like it's no fun to have him. I've, I've had no. Christian Eriksen too many too many times over the years. Yeah. It's it's, it's yeah. always it's stressful. And this is always the time when you bring Christian Eriksen in. You feel like oh, his form is finally established. And guess what happens? Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we all know who my transfer is. Marcus Alonso. Welcome to the squad. I like it. Good move. All right, Josh. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be we'll be back for game week seventeen. Sounds good. We got three passes left too. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, Brandon, we're back. We're, we're we're podcasting into the future right now. We're using our podcast crystal ball to predict what's going to happen. Uh, we know all the injuries from game week sixteen. We know we know who's in form. Josh, uh, who's, what could go wrong? What, what could possibly go wrong? could go wrong? Yeah, exactly. So I think, uh, given what happened in game week sixteen, I think we all know how Crystal Palace Chelsea is going to turn out. Brandon, uh, yeah. Uh, are we going to bet on this one too? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to stick. We'll see, with we'll see the other bet goes. Yeah, it's going to be back to back victories for Palace. It'd be double or nothing. No, I, I think that I think that Chelsea will will defeat Crystal Palace. Uh, I do see Crystal Palace. I don't know why I feel so confident. I think Crystal Palace have only been shut out one time this entire season, so I I could see them you know scoring a goal. They are home for this match, uh, but I'll predict a three one Chelsea win, and uh, I will probably be captaining Indiego Costa for this game week. Yeah, I do agree with you. Palace just have so many attacking options. Uh, I mean. Uh, Punchin actually had a, like an egregious miss over the weekend, but he's he's a great creative midfielder. And if they're all, if Benteke, Punchin, and Zaha, and even Townsend, if they're all clicking, yeah, they're like guaranteed to score a goal against whatever defense. So it's just a matter of that. So I agree with your three-one prediction. All right, Middlesbrough, Swansea, the burger. Um, you got a, you got you got a couple passes, Brandon. I do have a couple passes, <laughs> and yep. Uh, sorry to all you Ramirez owners, but I'm going to use my pass against Burger Swansea. Yeah, sorry guys. Everything we said about Swansea for the West Brom game applies here too. Yeah, and the fact that we haven't said anything about Middlesbrough at this point <laughs> that that holds. Now, Negredo is not an option as far as I'm. There are way too many good options in that six and seven million range. Yeah, call Stoke, me when George Friend comes back. Stoke Lester. Ugh. <laughs> this is my pass. I'm using my second pass early. Well, pass. two passes in a row. Two passes in a row. I, I don't, don't know. know. Stoke, Stoke, sexy Stoke. They're they're they they're in a new sort of world for Stoke City. Honor the days. pass, Brandon. Honor the pass. All right, I will honor the pass. Sorry, Slomani. Sorry, sorry, Welsh Javi. We we already talked about all the the, the Lester stuff. I mean, I, I don't know that there's anyone you can really afford on that squad anyway. I mean, I, I it's true. Yeah, nine five for. <laughs> For Mares, I mean, come on. Yeah. All right, Sunderland Watford. Uh, I, I get to finally break out my Watford toys for this match. <laughs> the the Britoses and the Capoos yeah. of the world. Although you can't feel good about. I mean, Watford away to to Sunderland. I think Sunderland are probably going to score in that match. Oh yeah. Let's be clear. Like Watford is is like one of the messier mid table teams, and you don't know who's going to show up. We sort of. I know. I feel. I mean, you, you you got a little unlucky with the Watford thing because I think that you. You decided to keep Capu and and Brandon Bridos like during this run of where Watford looked pretty good. They had like a three or four week run where it seemed like everything kind of was clicking for them, and then it was like it all fell apart. It yeah, was like yeah, like almost instantly. It's like and now they look like such garbage. Yeah, it's true. So anyway, I have to I have to face myself. I have to look myself in the mirror 
for that match and and fine. Dif- I, di- yeah, differential captain choice in this match, though I would say Jermaine Defoe. Uh, Jermaine Defoe, yeah. Although maybe it's that guy on Watford, whatever whatever his name is. Oh yeah, <laughs> the the guy who looks like Charlie Murphy. He's like. He was like 240 pounds for one thing. I was, I was amazed that the, they pulled this 240 pounder out of nowhere and he scored a brace. It was, it was unbelievable. He, he, he uh, briefly played for, for Fulham. Oh, he did. Oh, so you know about Akaka. I mean, he, it was, this was like in 2010 before we were even playing the FPL game. So, um, and for, from, from football manager, they know Akaka, but you know, football managers is nothing that's really ever come over to the States. There's no, no one's no one's playing football manager over here. Okay, just an aside. Like Okaka is, it's fascinating that players, journeyman players like this exist. Okay, so you're Watford, and Igalo is just a train wreck, and Dini can't do it all, all on his own. You need some sort of rotation. You need somebody to come in and, and help out. And this guy Okaka, where does he come from? How old is he? How large is he? And he comes in and he scores this amazing spinning back. He'll kick because that's just what he does. That's what he's always done. Yeah. That's Okaka. Yeah. And there are there are hundreds, thousands of people walking planet Earth who are like Okaka. It, <laughs> it, uh, play- they're having a very existential beautiful. moment here. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how many minutes he's played. Even this game only played 80 minutes. He played 90 the week before. I, it, totally off my radar. 13 uh, the week before that, then, then one one minute – I hadn't played for 10 weeks in a row. And then he played 13 minutes in game week four. So yeah, not, uh, I don't think anyone predicted that. And I'm sure like, I'm sure the official fantasy count was like great news for the 342 <laughs> managers who triple captain to Okaka sure. for this game. week. Hashca- hashtag Okaka time. <laughs> I, I, some of those managers, by the way, that they, that they pull out, that has to be like someone like with their, like their 32nd account, right? It's like a bunch of bots or something. Cause like no one's, no one's really captaining some of these crazy players, right? It'd be like Have you Victor ever... Anachibe will score 15 points, and they'll be like, "Congrats to the 242 people who uh, who, who, who used who their all attack, hit, who hit the autofill button on their squad." Yeah, yeah. yeah I, would, I would predict that those owners hit the autofill button. Yeah. That might, so okay. So Sunderland. Yeah, I think I think Sunderland win this, and I, I think it's like a three-one win or something like that. All right. Next up, it's West Ham hosting Hull City. My boy, Pyatt. See, that's the thing. If you bring in Pyatt for game week 16... <laughs> you get a real tasty fixture in 17. I mean, Burnley and Hull back-to-back is about as tasty as it gets, Brandon. Yeah, but they play in the worst stadium in the league right now, where True. their fans True. just beat each other up. Uh, True. While True. the game is happening. <laughs> I think that was happening before, but yeah, that's... <laughs> But now it's now they're further away. It's they can't no see they can't see the bubbles as clearly, <laughs> so uh, they 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 aren't mesmerized by the glinting light. So they just start throwing haymakers at people. I think this could be a real breakout game for West Ham. I think they'll win like three nothing. Although I, I, the Snodgrass guy is always worth a always worth a little punt, right? Robert Snodgrass. I think. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe he gets a goal. Yes. Maybe it's three one. Their defense does, is terrible. Snod giveth and taketh away. He, he he scored the penalty, and then of course he just chopped. I can't remember who he chopped down in the box to give Christian Benteke that penalty. Yeah, that was kind of a makeup call, but you know, because the, the penalty, the 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 way he earned that penalty in the first half was kind of weak. Yeah. So I, I, Hull is just the team to watch always and forever the rest of the season because there will come a point. We all believe that when Hull just starts totally utterly breaking down 
on right. the field, in the locker room, in, in all capacity. And you will have to captain whoever is playing whole. And I think we're still sort of waiting for that to fully come to fruition, just uh, I mean, as they, Southampton fans. Yeah, I mean, they battled back to a tough... 3-3 draw this weekend. I mean, it's kind of a crazy game. And I mean, they're still they're still fighting, you know. So, I, I mean, you have to respect, I mean, for a team with this little talent to be even, I, I mean, you know, they're going down for sure. But, they're, they, you know, they, they put up a, a, a good fight. I mean, they're not, this is not Reading in 2013. All right. West Brom, Man United. Man United is away. Is Zlatan, Zlatan is, uh, I assume he's still walking at this point. It's, just, it's yeah. just incredible how, how fit this guy is, and he's playing the full 90, insisting on playing on the full 90. But I I just don't see him getting rotated for any of these matches. No, I, I don't either. Um, I, 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 this, to me, is a very difficult game to predict. I... I could maybe it's like maybe it's very similar to the West Brom Chelsea game, and maybe they they West Brom just don't have quite enough, even even at home, to to shut down Man U, and so uh, maybe maybe like a one nothing Man U win is my prediction. Yeah, at this at the time of recording, we really don't know what happened to Mkhitaryan and if he's going to be healthy anytime soon, or if he's done real damage to his ankle. Right, exactly. So we'll see. They obviously look a lot better with him, but Juan Mata is, you know, he's a good player. I feel like he slots in there. He he doesn't drive the ball forward as well as Mikatarian clearly does, but Yeah. So it's you just never know with Mata. I mean he didn't even make the I mean, did he even come into this match? I mean I, no. I know he wasn't in the starting lineup, but yeah, no. so yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was saving him for, for the midweek game or something. I agree. I this know. one is, is, is really tough to call, and I would not be putting the armband on Ebra. Yeah. Uh, West Brom. All right. Uh, Sunday fixtures. Uh, Bournemouth, Southampton. So I have a Cedric problem. I, I brought in Cedric last week, and uh, that was a one-pointer for him. They, they inexplicably got demolished by Middlesbrough. My, no, my boys at Crystal Palace. All right. Um <laughs> Oh, that five dollars is just, just <laughs> flying out of my pocket. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about this this match other than Bournemouth. Then you can again. use your final pass, Brandon. Yeah, I will use my final pass. I mean, the only thing I want to talk about would be the Southampton defense and and where art thou, Cedric Virgil Van Dyke's is uh, looking like an amazing pickup still. Oh, totally. I know. I brought him in for I I brought him in when he was briefly bad for four weeks, and the second I dropped him, he's been awesome again. Uh, yeah, such but, is life. Yeah, but but Bournemouth is doesn't interest me in this match. All right, I, I'm taking a pass. That's my okay. second my second pass. We're out of pass. Man, Man City Arsenal, very interesting match. Man City is at home. Uh, they're hosting uh, Arsenal Football Club. This is going to be for all the marbles, Josh. I know, I know. A, a true second versus third place derby. This will be. Uh, uh, it, it could go. It could go any which way. Uh, totally. I, I mean, you could see Arsenal winning, much like Chelsea did a couple of weeks ago at the Etihad. But you could also see them just getting nervous. You know, the stage being too big, whatever, and and kind of blowing this one. So particularly if they won, Gabriel. Um, Paulista is in the center of defense. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's. I, I don't want to make any draw. I don't want to draw any firm. I mean, we, you know, we're talking about two different things here. There's the fantasy, and then there's the real game. And um, 
from a game standpoint, I, from a fantasy standpoint, I don't really know who I'd want to have in this game. I mean, I, I, I don't see a lot of, well, I mean, Arsenal could score, but I certainly wouldn't be captaining Sanchez or, or anybody, but I also yeah. wouldn't be dropping Walcott because I was so scared of this. Victory. No, no, I, I'm in total agreement. Who knows what's going to happen? You, you wouldn't want to double down on either of these teams, but you wouldn't want to bench either. Yeah, exactly. So Spurs Burnley. God, another another sweet fixture for Harry Kane um, mm-hmm. and for Christian Eriksen, perhaps. But Deli Ali, where where's he at? There's no temptation for you to go in for for Deli. Just it, the magic isn't really there right now, is it? I mean, you you just watched Deli Ali play. Were you were you blown away by what you saw? No, no. I I, I mean, I wasn't blown away by. I mean, the one player that constantly blows me away for Spurs is Musa Dembele. That guy is so freaking good, but he's just sort of good at dribbling around the midfield. He's not good at accumulating fantasy points. So yeah, again, I'm yeah. recommending that anyone go out and get Musa Dembele. I mean, at least Erickson's on it, like every free kicker on the box. You know, that's 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 worth something for sure. Tom Heaton ain't gonna let that in though. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm, not gonna happen. Harry Kane's gonna get a gonna get a PK parried in this in this game. Tom Heaton's gonna. Uh, this this is down. like a th- yeah. This is like a four nothing win for Spurs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Brings us to our final fixture. Uh, a, a always a good match. Always a tense match. Everton hosting Liverpool. Uh, God, who even knows with Liverpool at this point? I mean, you just don't know what this until Coutinho comes back. It feels like they're just treading water. Like just, they're just trying not to lose all the ground they've gained in the first, you know, 13 weeks or whatever, uh, you know, before he went down. So I, I think that, um, I don't know. This to me is like a, I'm going to get particularly like a two, two draw. I could yeah. see, uh, Lukaku scoring a goal. I could see Everton scoring a couple. Uh, I, they're I, obviously going to concede a couple. I was going to say, I feel like Lukaku is really the most interesting FPL player in this matchup, weirdly. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Sadio Mane, um, if he hasn't departed. When, when does he take off? When does this, when does this plane uh, depart? Let's wait until our, our African Cup of Nations. Yeah, we need to do a little more African Cup of Nations research. But yeah, Lukaku against, uh, particularly if Karius is still in goal, Lukaku would probably score 40 goals. It'd be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, our final notes on game week seventeen: clean sheet picks. I'm going to pick Bournemouth. All right, um, and I'm I'm splitting the baby between Tottenham and Manchester United. Even though United is away, it's West Brom, and I feel like they're going to be in full flow going into the weekend. Okay, so you're you're picking Man United. Yep, I'm put I'm putting you in a in a corner. That's fine, uh, Captain. I'm going to pick uh, Diego Costa. And as for as for much as I believe that Tom Heaton is going to save a penalty on Kane, I believe that Harry Kane is going to subsequently score five more goals. So I'm picking Harry Kane at home to Burnley. Okay, I like it. Uh, transfers, uh, I think that uh, a Chelsea defender is where I'm leaning for this game. I, I'm long overdue to pick one up, and uh, uh, I don't know. I don't even know if I'd have the money. I guess I'd have to move Firmino and... I got a lot to think about, Brandon. <laughs> I know <laughs> that game week 16 goes. Chelsea defense is like, it's incredible. I feel like there are a ton of managers out there that have just kind of been skating by without Chelsea defensive coverage for most of the season. And it's finally getting to that point where, I mean, I, I, like I had in game week 15, I had a cumulative three points from three my, my three players in the back line. I, yeah. I need somebody I can count on back there. There's no cheap way in. I mean, you know, I actually just thought about this now as we were talking, but 
it may actually make more sense for me just to go from Carius to Coutois and to just and just finally cut bait on Carius and yeah. and then I would have he's the cheapest defender on that team. You know, no, I mean, you wouldn't uh, get any attacking points, but it might be it might be worth it. That was my plan before Mustafi got injured, and Mustafi getting injured was just the perfect excuse for me to turn him into a Chelsea defender. Had right. that not happened, I was going to turn to Hay and to Courtois. I think that's a perfectly valid way into that. Chelsea yeah, what is what is, what is he at right now? Like, I think he's five, never eight. rise oh, five eight. Jeez. Yeah, I know it's it's ridiculous. Give me a break, people. <laughs> oh, he's he's five seven. Unless oh, okay. Like five, five, seven. <laughs> five seven seems fine. Oh, yeah. This like is this is like no me problem. going into the doctor's office. Yeah, doctor. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely six foot tall. All right, cool. Let's <laughs> let's put you on the scale. All right, it says here you're five eleven. Uh, my transfer uh, right. is. I, I think I'm probably going to turn Ibra into Harry Kane, depending on how these guys look going sure. going into the weekend. But that, I, that makes sense. You know, yeah. home to Burnley. Right. All right, Brandon. I don't know how long that took us. I feel like we, we talked for like an hour before we started recording. So uh, I have no this hour. This podcast could be an hour. It could be three hours. I really have no no clue. Could be fifteen minutes. It's getting dark outside. <laughs> it's getting dark. <laughs> All right. So um, once again, uh, we want to direct everyone to this new Patreon page: patreon.com slash always cheating we're going to post a link on our website alwayscheating.com and all over our social media we really hope that you'll have fun participating and that you'll you'll help us cover some of the cost of what it takes to put put the podcast together yeah. um uh, yeah so we're looking forward to see how seeing how it goes plus i'm really excited about these new leagues that we're starting as a result of the patreon campaign yeah. the suicide league is going to be super fun the second half of the season league for all of us who believe we our our FPL skills are actually better than what the first half of the season shows, <laughs> that's right. It's, it's a chance to start fresh. Yeah, and if you win either one, you get to be on the podcast. So how do you like that? Yeah, we'll, we'll welcome you onto the podcast, and you can tell us how, how much our advice has has uh, really been a detriment to your FPL team over the <laughs> years. Right. How much better off you would have been, Brandon? It's been a pleasure, and now let's sign off. Okay, I'm signing off by reminding everyone to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn FM. And Josh, you know where to follow us on social media. We're at Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. Uh, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Uh, you can also send us an email. If you have any questions about any of the uh, any of the, the Patreon stuff that we're setting up, um, you, can, you can just send us an email or write to us on Twitter or Facebook. The email address is HailCheaters at gmail.com. Uh, you can also write to us directly through the website. And a lot of people have done that uh, this year. And, uh, like, everyone is so universally nice who writes to us. It's really uh, – um, you know, it's really uh, rewarding and uh, feels good. So uh, thank you for doing that. And uh, once again, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash always cheating. And you have until uh, December 30th to do that before game week 19 starts. So uh, uh, we won't be bothering you about it, this forever. It's the December pledge drive. That's right. That's right. All right, Josh. Hail cheaters. And Bacani forever. Have mercy. See you next week. See you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.